helped us through the fire and through the flood. Lord, you're with us in the valley. Lord, just help us to keep our eyes on you. Lord, everything's not always on the mountaintop. So, Lord, no matter where we're at, Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us to hope in you and to trust in you. Lord, to know that you're there with us. You never leave us or forsake us. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. A couple of praise reports I want to share. Um, this past week, Trinity, Trinity Banky was in an accident. Um, totaled her car, but Trinity's with us today, so we're thankful for that. And uh, also, the Pam Zebolt shared her testimony last week. Well, her family went on vacation, and they're up in Traverse City, and her grandson was on a bicycle going down a hill, and he crashed his bicycle and impelled himself in his stomach with his handlebar. And he spent the rest of his vacation in the hospital. Thank goodness it missed all the internal organs, um, just nicked his bowel. And uh, I think he was supposed to come home early out of the hospital yesterday. And he's supposed to come home. So, so Pam now has another testimony to share. <laughs> um, testimonies are good. The only problem is you've got to go through something to share them. As you know, everybody, you know, it's always like, wow, it's neat to have a testimony, but uh, I'd rather bypass the incidences than sometimes. But no matter what, the Lord is with us. Um, today we're going to have uh, a baptism and we're going to have a dedication of a couple children. And so I just wanted to share a little bit. And one of the first things I want to talk about the baptism, um, uh, Braxton Seibert's uh, going to be baptized today. And um, Adam told me, Told me about it, and uh, Adam's. What did I say? Oh, okay. And uh, I thought I said the wrong name. You, know, I tend to do that, so it's like, oh, did I say the wrong name? Um, but anyway, Adam came to me, and Adam says, "Well, he says uh, Braxton wants to be baptized, but I don't know if he understands what he's doing." And that's a real typical question, Braxton. How old's Braxton? Seven. Okay. So that's a typical question of a seven-year-old. You know, do they really know what they're doing? Well, you know, here, I've come to this conclusion. Over the years, I've baptized a lot of adults. It appears to me not all of them knew what they were doing. Now, that's just an observation I've kind of made over the years that, you know, sometimes we do things for all kinds of reasons, you know, maybe not always completely understanding what we're doing. So, you know, I'm not so sure that understanding is as important as um the faith at times and i believe understanding is important don't get me wrong but but you know sometimes you just need you just need to faith have faith and trust i want to share a couple of scriptures the first one is in matthew 18 matthew in the 18th chapter beginning at the second verse jesus called a little child to him he sat him in the midst of them and said assuredly i say to you unless you are converted to become as a little as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. So Jesus, in trying to explain something, he took a child, he, he set him in the midst, he says, unless you become as this little child, become like this child. Now, one thing we need to have childlike faith but we are not to be childish, okay? There's a difference. There's a difference. 
You know, childlike faith is not being childish. And so when we think about childlike faith, how are children? Well, children are very simple. You know, if you tell them something and, and they believe it or accept it, they just believe it as true. They accept it. They accept They don't question a lot. What I've noticed with adults over the years is if an adult finds something new in Scripture, we have a lot of questions. Adults have a lot more questions. We have a lot more, I want to understand this. One of the hardest things about God is you're only going to understand him up to a certain point. We're only going to understand what he's revealed to us. He's beyond us. The Bible says his ways aren't my ways. His thoughts aren't my thoughts. They're much higher. So when it comes to understanding, I believe we're limited. We're limited in our understanding. I believe children in their childlike faith, and I told Adam, I says, Braxton should make a lot more choices as he grows. You know, at seven, your child will make some decisions. They will say, yes, I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus died for my sins. And at seven, that means one thing to them. But now when they get to be 14 or 15, and maybe they start to question all that, they might say something like, well, you know, well, I don't know. That seems hard to believe. Or sometimes we'll say, well, you know, at seven, I really didn't know what I was doing. Now I, now I think I understand a little better. And so I think faith grows. It changes. It doesn't just stay stagnant. But I believe childlike faith is very simple. It's very humble. And then in, in Mark, the 10th chapter, Jesus, he, he kind of talked about this another time. In Mark, the 10th chapter, beginning at the 14th verse. When Jesus saw that his disciples were arguing about who was the greatest, he said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. So Jesus says, you need to receive the kingdom of God as this little child does. Now here's something that will test your understanding and your thought process. How little was this child? Jesus says, it says, he took them up in his arms put his hands on him, and blessed him. Wasn't a very old child. I mean, you know, I probably could take Braxton, I say probably, if he cooperated, I probably could take Braxton up in my arms for a minute, or maybe 30 seconds, you know, but then to lay my hands on him and bless him, that might be a little more of a challenge. So this was probably a fairly small child. And Jesus says, you need to, Receive me like this little child does. Well, the child doesn't question. The child does quit humble, simple faith, simple faith, easily accepting, easily accepting, accepting what Jesus says, not reasoning to the point of, well, I don't quite get it, because that's what happens with adults. The older you are, the more reasoning you're going to put into this whole process. And also what you put into the process is life experiences start to play into it. You know, well, that doesn't make sense because, well, when I was growing up, this happened or that happened. Or some people as adults, if you tell them God loves them and he's your father, 
Some young people will say, if God loves me and he's my father, I don't want nothing to do with him. Because father is not a good thing in my mind. See, it depends on, you know, as adults, we get a lot of things that we have in our backgrounds and a lot of things we've experienced. Some people will say, I don't think God loves me because I've just done enough terrible things. How could God love me? I don't think God could forgive me. I don't think God could forgive me. I can't forgive myself. I don't think God could forgive me. As adults, we get a lot more things going on, a lot more questioning. When it comes, think about it, when it comes to healing, this is a big one, you know, when it comes to healing, that's real difficult because, you know, the Bible says Jesus wants to heal us, and we go, yeah, but boy, in my background, in my past, my life experience is, yes, he, I believe he wants to, but there's a whole lot of people that didn't get healed. And my reasoning starts to come into it. My experiences start to come into it. And it's real hard for me just to accept like childlike, with childlike faith. It becomes very difficult, very difficult. We need to be trusting, not questioning. You know, we got, we got a lot of questions. Well, I got questions. People say, well, I've got questions. When I get to heaven, I got questions for Jesus. I want to tell you something. My opinion, when you get to heaven, you're not even going to worry about your questions. And I don't think he's obligated to sit down and answer your questions on the second note. I just, I just don't think that's what it's all about. And I, I know I've heard it. Well, when, I, when we get there, I got some questions. Well, you just probably do, but I just don't think they're going to be that important. Sorry. Now that's, just, now, that's an opinion. So, you know, that's just kind of my opinion that it doesn't say anywhere that he's obligated to sit down and answer all my questions. You know, in Proverbs, the third chapter, in Proverbs, the third chapter, the fifth verse, it says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Lean not on your own understanding. You know, children don't lean on their understanding. Adults lean on our understanding. Adults lean on our own understanding. I want to understand. The Bible says don't lean on it. Don't lean on it. It's not, you know, it's not that reliable. It's not that reliable. And then when it talk about faith in Matthew, the 17th chapter, Beginning at the 20th verse. Jesus said. Because your unbelief, he's talking about why the disciples couldn't do something. And they said, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible if you have faith. What kind of faith? Faith as a mustard seed. Mustard seeds are very small. Very small. So consequently, children have very small faith. Is that a bad thing? Jesus says, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can move mountains. So, you know, sometimes we think, well, children, their faith isn't, you know, it isn't as mature as ours. But Jesus says, well, just have faith like a mustard seed. He says, that's, that's what it takes. And that's the kind of faith children have. Mustard seed faith. And then, and then in Mark, the fourth chapter, 
the 30th verse, Jesus said something about small faith. And he says, what shall we like in the kingdom of God or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is grown, sown in the ground, it is smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all her herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Childlike faith is simple. It's small. It's mustard seed faith, but it's expected to grow. It's expected to grow. Childlike faith is expected to grow. So when, here's the thing. So when children are baptized at whatever age and we plant that seed of faith and they grow and they're, it's expected for them to grow, not to stay there. What happens a lot of times is people are baptized and they think that's the end. That's the end. It's like, well, I did that. If you ever ask them about their faith, they said, well, I was baptized 40, 50 years ago. That was a starting point. How has it grown? How has your faith grown since then? Faith is meant to grow. Braxton is making a decision, a step. He's expected to grow in his faith. Not just say, well, I was baptized, so I'm okay. I did that. No, that faith is expected to grow. It grows by hearing God's word. It grows by parents when their children are younger. It grows by parents training them, teaching them. One of the greatest training and teaching things that you can do is set an example for your children. Set an example. Set an example for them. Let them see what is faith. Let them see what mature faith is. Help them to grow. Encourage them. Help them to encourage them to read the word, to pray. It needs to become their faith. It has to grow into their faith. Because nowadays what's going to happen and is already happening is they have found that when Christian children go to college that many of them tend to fall away from their faith. Fall away from their faith. Because it didn't grow. It didn't mature. Or maybe now that it's challenged, they aren't up to the challenge. That maybe, well, it was my mom and dad always said, well, my mom and dad always this. Well, you know what? It's your faith. It's your, it has to become your faith. Somehow, somewhere, sometime, it has to become your faith. You have to grow in that. You know, it doesn't work to say, well, you know, I think I'm a Christian because my grandma was. Or, well, they always took me to church. I'm, we were out handing out, checking out kids for Bible school, and, you know, this is really something as you get older. But um, I'm now finding young, well, I'm finding moms. They're, they probably don't consider them young. I, I consider them young. But I find moms of these children that we're trying to bring to Bible school, and they'll say, well, Pastor Ron's my pastor. I can't even remember their name. I haven't seen them for 20 years. Now, I'm not sure what that means to them that I'm still their pastor. I, I Sort of there's a connection there. But, you know, I don't lecture them, but I would like to say 
Well, if I'm your pastor, where have you been? Is that kind of like saying I'm a Christian? But when I get to heaven, God will say, um, that's nice, but I really don't know you. Now, there's a scripture that says that, you know, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will inherit the kingdom of God. And when you get there, he'll say, well, I never knew you. My point is, when we have faith, it's meant to grow. It has to become your faith. It has to become the child's faith. So that's one thing we're going to do today. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to do a dedication. We're going to do them both today. Dedication is parents bringing their small children who, you know, some can talk, some can't talk, um, haven't been, you know, they're just young, very young. But they want to bring them to the Lord. They want to dedicate them. And I want to share a scripture in 1 John. 1 John 1, 7. 1 John 1, 7 says, If we walk in the light as, as Jesus is the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. Not because you're good. You're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. The blood of Jesus shed for you on the cross washes all your sins away. Now, is that automatic? Does it just, well, just everybody gets, you know, is that for everybody? You know, I have, I have family members who think that, that they think the blood of Jesus cleanses everybody's sin. So everybody's going to heaven. It's kind of a neat thought. You know, it feels good. It's reassuring. It's comforting. I don't think it's true. I believe the blood of Jesus cleanses us all from sin, but I believe there has to be faith. You know, Braxton's going to express faith. I believe the faith expressed when we bring our children is the faith of the parents. I believe there has to be faith. Now, little ones, to that point, I don't think have can express faith. The parents are expressing faith. Their parents are saying, I trust God, and I want to bring my children to the Lord. I want, I want to bring them to him and, and dedicate them to him and ask his protection and covering on them. I want to look at an Old Testament scripture. And I personally connect, connect this to what we're talking about. You may, you may differ and say, well, it's not, it's not the same. But I just want to look at Exodus, the 12th chapter. I want to read Exodus, the 12th chapter, beginning at the first verse. Children of Israel have been in Egypt for 400 years. They've been in captivity. There's been plagues. And now there's going to be one last plague. And, and the Lord spoke, speaks to Moses in Exodus 12, 1. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt said, and said, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, One-tenth of this month, every, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, then let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. 
According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. And your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You, shall, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. What are they going to do? They're going to shed its blood. They're going to kill it at twilight. And they're going to take some of the blood and they're going to put it on the doorpost and on the lintel of the houses where they eat. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw or boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of its remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, with your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both male and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. What happened? God says there's going to be one last plague. He says this plague is, I'm going to destroy the firstborn in the land. And he says to protect yourself, he says you need to take the blood of a lamb or a goat and you need to put it over the doorpost, the entry to your house. You need to cover your house and your household. You need to cover them with the blood. That's what's going to save you from the destruction that's coming. Nothing else. And when I come, if I see the blood, then I'll pass over. And if I don't see the blood then I will take the firstborn. Take the firstborn. I believe as parents, with faith, believe and trust in the blood of Jesus, that when they bring their children, that they're saying, we paint our doorposts with the blood. And that blood is what covers us. Covers us in our household. Covers us in our household. He gives us God's blessing, gives us his protection, you know, because we say we follow him and we trust him. You know, little children can't express faith. You know, but parents can. Parents can say, this is what I believe. You know, that night when, when the Lord passed through the land, you know, he just looked. And when he saw our house covered by the blood, he passed over. He passed over. Because he knew what they trusted. He knew where they put their faith. And so to me, that's what parents do, you know. You have the faith. You trust God. And believe me, as your children grow, they then express their own faith. You know, they express their own faith. And they then say, this is what I believe. But until then, they're protected because they're in your house. They're in your house. They're covered by the blood. And so that's, that's what parents do when they come and they bring their children to the Lord. And then, you know, we promise to, we promise to then raise them up. Raise them up. You know, bring them up to know the Lord. You know, we teach them. We train them. You know, just like baptism is not a necessarily, it's a, it's a one-time thing you do, but you know, there's multiple decisions and growth that has to take place. 
And it's the same thing with dedication. You know, we, we bring our children, but, you know, then we're called upon to teach and to train them. So, you know, it's important. It's important that, you know, we remember where, where's our faith? Where's our faith? Where we put our trust? Where we put our trust? You know, nowadays there's all kinds of places to put your trust. And people are putting their trust in all kinds of places. You know, but when the Lord comes, you know, if he comes, if he comes again soon, no matter what, or if we meet him, the only thing that's going to be important is if, where do I put my faith? And am I covered in the blood? Am I covered in the blood? Is that where I put my faith? In what he did for me? What he did. So as um, Brent and Kate come up now, they can come up and they're going to bring Easton and Oliver to be dedicated to the Lord. Okay, Psalms 127 says, children are an inheritance from the Lord. You know, God has entrusted you with these children. Beautiful children. <laughs> and, and, you know, we need to see our children as an inheritance. Sometimes that's difficult because they're kids. You know, sometimes they're not always like, did these really come from the Lord? Because <laughs> these are pretty special kids. They're pretty... Pretty, <laughs> they smile at me, so that makes them special. But no, but you know, and no matter what, you know, kids are kids. But even in that, you know, we know that you know they're an inheritance from the Lord. They're a blessing from Him. In Mark ten thirteen, it says, "Then they brought little children to Jesus that He might bless them." But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, He was greatly displeased and said to them, "Let the little children come to Me, and don't forget forbid them." For of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Then he took them up in his arms, and he put his hands on them, and he blessed them. He blessed them. And that's what we want to do today. We want to bless Easton and Oliver. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Easton. Lord, I just pray you just bless him. Be with him as he grows. Lord, just fill him with your spirit. Lord, just help him to know that you're there. Lord, just guide him in all that he does. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for Oliver. We just pray your blessing on him too, Lord. We pray that you just fill him with your spirit. Lord, I pray that as he grows, he would know that you're always there with him to watch over him, to take care of him. Lord, just help him to look to you and to trust you in all that he does. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And, you know, it's important, too, that, you know, parents realize that, you know, this is a beginning. You know, children are very small. You know that. But, you know, now now's, I don't know if it's the hard part, but it sometimes seems like the harder part is raising them. So, you know, it's important that we raise them to know the Lord, to uh, read his word, encourage them in reading the Bible, uh, being in places where they can learn. Um, that's why we have Bible school and Sunday school. But, you know, the church is only a supplement to what the parents do. You know, so we want to pray for Brent and Kay as they, as they raise these boys. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just pray you be with Brent and Kay. Lord, just continue to bless them and just guide them as they raise their children. Lord, just uh, give them wisdom. 
Lord, we just need wisdom a lot of times in raising our children, Lord. Just help them to share your love with them. Lord, just watch over them and keep them. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's see. This one's for you. Now, is Braxton here? <laughs> there he is. All right, Braxton. Braxton's going to come up here, and I just got a couple little questions I'm going to ask him. Let me say this while he's coming up. Um, when I'm done, I'm going to have a prayer and dismiss us, and then uh, I'm, it looks like Braxton might change too. But um, I'm changing clothes, and we're, we're going to go out to the pond right out by the drive out front. Um, if you're going to go out there, you can park. Everybody park on the right side, so if anybody wants out, they can get out. But park on the right side of the drive. Some can park back in by the pond. There is some room back in there to, to pull close to the pond back in there. So, But, uh, you know, I know everybody's on different schedules, but I encourage you to come and, and support Braxton as he makes this decision. So I told him I got a couple questions, okay? Can you say your ABCs from front to end? Yeah, that was a, you don't have to. <laughs> that was a good, why? What's that, does that have anything to do with what we're doing? No. <laughs> All right. You know, Braxton, here's the, here's the first question. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins? All right. And do you promise to love God and to follow him the rest of your life? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Braxton. Lord, we just uh, thank you for his decision to follow you. Lord, I just pray you just be with him. Encourage him. Lord, just bless him. Lord, just fill him with your spirit. Lord, as he grows, just help him be faithful to you. And Lord, just uh, help him to see your call in his life, whatever that might be, that he would do what it is you have for him to do. Lord, we just thank you for that. We just thank you for being with him. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And Lord, we just ask you to be with each and every one that's here. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. Lord, we just ask you to just watch over us and guide us through our week today. Lord, just help us be faithful to you. We just promise this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, you can be dismissed and, you know, those that are going to the pond, why you can, like I say, just park out there on the right side of the driveway. <laughs>